Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 107, verses 1 through 3 and 23 through 32. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, those he redeemed from the trouble and gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Some went down to the sea in ships, doing business in the mighty waters. They saw the deeds of the Lord his wondrous works in the deep. For he commanded and raised this stormy wind, which lifted up the waves of the sea. They mounted up to heaven, they went down to the depths. Their courage melted away in their calamity. They reeled and staggered like drunkards, and were at their wit's end. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he brought them out of their distress. He made the storm be still, and the waves of the sea were hushed. Then they were glad because they had quiet and he had brought them to their desired haven. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wonderful works to humankind. Let them extol him in the congregation of the people, and praise him in the assembly of the elders. Job chapter 29, verses 1 through 20. Job again took up his discourse and said, Oh, that I were as in the months of old, as in the days when God watched over me, when his lamp shone over my head, and his lamp, and by his lamp I walked through darkness, when I was in my prime, when I was the friend, when the friendship of God was upon my tent, when the Almighty was still with me, when my children were around me, when my steps were washed with milk, and the rock poured out for, for me streams of oil, when I went out of the gate of the city, when I took my seat in the square, Young men saw me and withdrew, and the aged rose up and stood. The nobles refrained from talking and laid their hands on their mouths. The voices of princes were hushed, and their tongues stuck to the roof of their mouths. When their ear heard, it commended me, and when the eye saw, it approved, because I delivered the poor who cried, and the orphan who had no helper. The blessing of the wretched came upon me, and I caused the widow's heart to sing for joy. I put on righteousness, and it clothed me. My justice was like a robe and a turban. I was eyes to the blind and feet to the lame. I was a father to the needy, and I championed the cause of the stranger. I broke the fangs of the unrighteous and made them drop their prey from their teeth. Then I thought, I shall die in my nest, and I shall multiply my days like the phoenix. My roots spread out to the waters, with the dew all night on my branches. My glory was fresh with me, and my bow ever new in my hand. Acts chapter 20, verses 1 through 16. After the uproar had ceased, Paul sent for the disciples, and after encouraging them and saying farewell, he left for Macedonia. When he had gone through those regions he had given and had given the believers much encouragement, he came to Greece, where he stayed for three months. He was about to set sail for Syria when a plot was made against him by the Jews, and so decided to return through Macedonia. 
He was accompanied by Sopater, son of Pyrrhus from Berea, by Aristarchus and Secundus from Thessalonica, by Gaius from Derb, and by Timothy, as well as by Tychius and Trophimus from Asia. They went ahead and were waiting for us in Troas. But we sailed from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread, and in five days we joined them in Troas, where we stayed for seven days. On the first day of the week when we met to break bread, Paul was holding a discussion with them. Since he intended to leave them the next day, he continued speaking until midnight. There were many lamps in the room upstairs where we were meeting. A young man named Eutychus, who was sitting in the window, began to sink off into a deep sleep while Paul talked still longer. Overcome by sleep, he fell to the ground three floors below and was picked up dead. But Paul went down and, bending over him, took him in his arms and said, Do not be alarmed, for his life is in him. Then Paul went upstairs, and after he had broken bread and eaten, he continued to converse with them until dawn. Then he left. Meanwhile, they had taken the boy away alive and were not and were not a little comforted. We went ahead to the ship and set sail for Assos, intending to take Paul on board there, for he had made this arrangement, intending to go by land himself. When he met us in Assos, he took, we took him on board and went to Mytilene. We sailed from there, and on the following day we arrived opposite Chios. The next day we touched at Samos, and by the day after that we came to Miletus. For Paul had decided to sail past Ephesus, so that he might not have to spend time in Asia. He was eager to be in Jerusalem, if possible, on the day of Pentecost. Good morning, and welcome to the third Thursday after Pentecost. This is Brother Logan Isaac, broadcasting from, finally, Walkersville, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 107, Job 29, and Acts 20. And the Acts reading really stood out because there's a lot of names that don't exactly roll off the tongue. Um, and it's uh, there's definitely a mix of Greek and Latin. Um, I'm trying to see if there's anything else. Um, but keep in mind, these are you know um, local names in Greek translated into English. So like they probably don't sound the way I pronounce them. Um, if you've ever recorded uh, as a co-host for First Formation, you know, like, the names don't have to be right. Just give it a shot, um, because nobody really knows what they sounded like. Um, but it's also, uh, it also stuck out because um, these names that we give one another and that we are given by one another um, can sometimes be nothing, and sometimes it can be quite meaningful. And if I should say that they're not nothing. It's a tragedy if they are felt to be nothing. Um, but names uh, often have profound significance, not just in our own lives, but in the Bible. Um, I don't know. Actually, I, I do remember my so my name, Logan. Um, it means of the hollow, which is like this Celtic word that's like you know a hollow piece of wood or something. Um, and my parents didn't name me that. Um, because I was a hollow <laughs> human being, um, there was a a woman in their Lamaze class whose name was Logan, who was really helpful or something, and they liked the name Logan. And when I was born, I was either going to be Logan or Leah. 
which coincidentally is my younger sister's name. Um, and my last name, I wasn't born an Isaac. I was born a male Aturi, the name uh, on Reborn on the Fourth of July and For God and Country in that order, my two first books, my first two books. Um, and when I got married, we took the name Isaac uh, because I had a hyphenated name and it didn't make any sense to like double hyphenate it and uh, or you know we and we thought about making kind of mashup of our two names and uh, when we went to get married legally we actually got married legally a couple of days before the state of California doesn't let you just make up something from scratch we both grew up in California it's where we got married and we went in for the the legal part of it a few days before the the ceremony and we learned that we couldn't make up a last name unless it was related to um, our current name. And so just because of that, we had to wait. And also because we already had plans to go to Scotland and we didn't want to change our passport. But um, these names, and I think about, you know, there's a part of me that's sad that I don't still have my my fam my given name. Um, it just wasn't practical to, you know, keep my name um, and, you know, pass on like a, you know, double hyphen or whatever. And even my parents, they didn't give up their last names. They just combined the two. My mom is male and my dad is Laturi. Um, and so these names, they're both very important, but they're also, they can be not so important. Um, and that isn't to say that um, I don't think my birth name is not important, but there's something else um, that is important and uh, that, you know, eventually led both my partner and I to change our last names legally. Um, and I, I'm sure I've spoken about it before on the podcast. Um, but there's also, you know, bill of sale names during chattel slavery. Um, people, enslaved people were given names that they didn't choose themselves and they didn't typically refer to each other by their, I guess their legal names, you know, their, their, bill of sale names or slave names. Um, they would often have other names for one another. Um, and they would know, you know, who was calling them if they called them, if they were called by their slave name or by their, their chosen name. Um, and, uh, I, I'm, uh, naming in the church is also important in our tradition. It's also important. Um, when I was confirmed into the Episcopal Church, I took um, the name Martin after my patron Saint Martin of Tours. Um, and there's this uh, another tradition of an ancient tradition. I don't think we do it very much anymore, but it used to be that people just took the names of the saints upon whose feast day they were born. A famous example of that is uh, Martin Luther. Um, the great reformer who was born on November 10th, he took the name Martin after Martin of Tours. Um, and uh, the the names that we encounter in the Bible, not so much in the New Testament, uh, but a lot in the Old Testament, the names actually conceal a bit of meaning. So if you go to um, Genesis, Genesis 4, when... Um, 
Abel, the, the murdered um, secondborn, Abel is replaced by Seth. And then the text goes on this kind of long, relatively long, kind of soliloquy about the generations of Seth and the generations of Cain. And Cain only has seven generations. Seth has ten generations. Oh, no, I'm sorry, reverse that. Seth has ten, uh, seven, and Cain has ten, I think. And Cain's sons and grandsons are, are Methuselah, Mahulalel, you know, all these different things. And they're theophanies. And many of them are like God strikes, God smites, um, God is fearful kind of stuff. Seth's names are mostly positive. God is good, uh, praise God, you know, all these names um, mean something. And so um, it's important that we understand the meaning of our names, not just the given meaning, but also the adopted meaning. Um, the given meaning is, um, you know, uh, for slave names, the given meaning is oppressive. It says, you belong to me, and I determine who and what you are. Um, birth names, ideally, I, I'd like to think mostly, birth names are given typically out of love. Um, my parents loved this name, and so they wanted to say it for the rest of their lives. Um, for some reason, and this happened when I when I taught biblical literature and we talked about names, I took a poll of uh, several of my classes, and many people were named after television characters. My wife, Laura, was named after um, uh, uh, Little House on the Prairie, Laura Ingalls Wilder. Um, and so sometimes we take for granted that names mean something. I, I take that to myself, too. Like It's not like they put a whole bunch of thought into my name. It's like, oh, that sounds cool, good. They probably didn't look up its meaning. Uh, they didn't have the internet in 81, so it was, uh, they did, but I mean, my parents didn't. Um, it was just something that kind of rolled off the tongue. Um, and uh, if they had, maybe they would have been like, oh, what might what might this kid think if he learns his name means of the hollow? Um, but some names have profound meaning, not just in the Bible, but in our own lives. Um, my partner and I took the name Isaac after uh, a bridal party. We asked some of our closest friends to give one-word descriptions of us. And we kind of put those all together. And the consensus was um, that we were we laughed a lot together. We were giggly. Um, we were bubbly and happy. Um, and so we took the name Isaac because Isaac means laughter. Um, and so this, you know, casual, um, you know, straw poll turns into something that now not is not only is legal, we, had, we changed our name after we got back from Scotland, um, it's not only legal, but it, it, it now is the name that our children will inherit. And our children took names that were important to us. We, um, <clears throat> uh, the one, the old, our oldest is named after several people in our family. And she, her middle name uh, comes from a famous um, warrior saint, soldier saint, Joan of Arc but in the French spelling. And our youngest, um, actually, her name came to, to Laura and it just kind of seemed to fit. And her middle name we gave, uh, or we uh, 
we borrowed from a, a, a German mystic, um, Hildegard of Bingen. Um, and so our names have as much meaning as we give them um, and as much meaning as we allow them to, uh, to in inhabit. Slave names are this tragic uh, name, right? And a lot of people, a lot of enslaved people got rid of them. And they took their own names. Um, but names do have power. They shape who we are. They shape people's first impressions. Um, and, you know, they don't always roll off the tongue like Sopater and Pyrrhus, Berea, Troas, Tychicus, uh, Trophimus. Um, like, I don't know what the fuck the Greeks were thinking with some of these names, but they had meaning. Um, and I bet if I looked up some of them, uh, some of them would have, you know, some hidden meaning that we're, that we can pick up and run with and, and, uh, and take with us. The most famous perhaps being Theophilus, the author of Luke and Acts addresses Theophilus as an audience member, as someone that he's writing to. The irony or the, the hidden meaning of that is that it's Greek for friend of God. Is he addressing an individual person that he knew directly? Or is he addressing any friend of God who picks up his work and reads about um, Jesus, the anointed one of, of Israel? A prayer for those we love from the Book of Common Prayer. Almighty God, we entrust all who are dear to us to your never-failing care and love for this life and the life to come, knowing that you are doing for them better things than we can desire or pray for. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with pewpewhq in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.